0: Stuff
1: live. Celtic Stuff Live, CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston Sports. I'm your host, Justin Pool, and joining me, John Duke. And the Celtics are in first place. Boy, am I glad, John, that you and I waited just one extra day to be able to have our conversation because this is the first time since the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen era that the Celtics have been first place in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sean Grandy tweeted out, I think it was Sunday night, but that this is the first time the Celtics had been in first place, and this was after their win, obviously, against the Heat, but it had been the first time that they had been in first place since Shaquille O'Neal was on the team. Dude, I love the Grandy stats at the end of the year. I love the Grandy stats. And by the way, everybody, we are lining up an interview with Sean uh, this week. So you will get a bonus episode. He's going to Bangor. I don't know if you knew that, but he's going up to Bangor, Maine. I listened to the game against the Heat. I couldn't watch it because I happened to be in Bangor myself at the time. And uh, I know him and Max are going up there for uh, kind of a big
0: event at the Sea Dog. Sea Dog, great place. Many uh, sixteen ounce curls have been uh, have been done there, and it's not a workout spot, folks. Oh, you gotta so, go tall, uh, buddy. You gotta go twenty. Do the math. Twenty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> it's good stuff there. They'll have a great time. I'm I'm certainly glad they're going. Um, Yeah, it's it's this is it's this this is crazy times to be a Celtics fan. You gotta feel good. You gotta feel great. You've Gotta feel wonderful. I mean, this is no who thought would be in this position.
1: Unprecedented, and I think the other thing that we, you and I, waited till just the close of the Cleveland game. Although at halftime it was looking pretty bad, and we don't have a lot of info yet because obviously we're recording. Yeah, but but. LeBron with some bizarro injury, a little bit of a shot to the to the spine it looked like, but even his initial reaction didn't wind up being as bad as what it wound it, it almost seemed to escalate or take on a life of its own. And he already had the corne- the the cornea scratch and wanted to wear some really super cool shades and got denied and he's losing his mind. That that team, this is really crazy because we'll talk a little bit about Chris Forsberg's summer forecast we'll revisit that as we preview the last few weeks of the season where we think this club can go but they've got a half game they've got the same number of losses and the Celtics have one more in the win column over the Cleveland Cavaliers with a game on April 5th on deck one that would put the season series at 2-2. and It's in Boston. Cleveland still has three back-to-backs remaining on their schedule. I like their chances. I also like the Spurs' chances in this game. I thought, after Washington took it to Cleveland on Saturday, I think I tweeted it out, or maybe I tweeted it out before, it. I said, wait a second, there's a chance. There's a real, legit chance that the Celtics could win. And I know... Everybody is poo-pooing Isaiah Thomas as MVP, but come on. Poo-poo. Can we seriously start to consider this as a, as a league? Or shouldn't they start to consider the possibility of Isaiah Thomas as MVP if a team like the Celtics – and I know some of it's because of Cleveland's missteps. They're really a 60-win club, and the Celtics are probably going to finish somewhere between 53 and 55. But at the end of the day, should they at least – Take another closer look at it. I mean, his performance, I think the other stat that Grandy tweeted out was that the last person to lead their team in scoring with 20-plus points uh, for as many games as Isaiah has was Michael Jordan. I mean, some of this is is really noteworthy.
0: Not familiar with the name. Um, Yeah, so I think that you're right. He's got to be in the conversation, right? I mean... Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi, LeBron. It's tough for him to
1: overcome him. I know. I know. Grady thinks LeBron's still the MVP,
0: but that's a little. That's that's Harden's really had a crazy. It's so Grady. I mean, it is. Jeez, it's like (laughs) he's the best player in the league. He's the best player in the league. But. I don't think he's having the best season. He's having a great season. You can many people can have great seasons. But the the season that Westbrook's having, averaging triple doubles, the season that the Harden's had in bringing a team basically above the level it should have been last year uh when they had a better maybe better roster around him. Those are all great things, but in terms of the Celtics, I don't see why you can't, Isaiah Thomas can't be the fifth highest point you know know, kind of vote getter for MVP Uh, you know who else John Wall Steph Curry KD Hayward DeRozan I mean all guys in the conversation but I think he's clearing away the fifth best of those guys and that would be a huge accomplishment just to be fifth in the MVP voting that's amazing that's just ridiculous I don't
1: think he legitimately gets it but it is really hard not to acknowledge what he's done for this club since coming at the trade deadline and at the close of this season, I guess you'll be able to say two and a half years ago, but that is, it, this is really, it is, it's unprecedented. The Celtics may have the first pick in the draft. You know, the, the, the leprechaun has never been luckier for this club and, and, I'm not even going to go where we could go with that conversation, as far as the depths of despair for the Celtics. You know, Len Bias. I don't even want to. I don't even oh, want yeah. to yeah. go there. The last time that that was probably the most recent shining moment, the most comparative time uh, in most re- in recent history. They obviously did very well for for a stretch before that. Even when they got Larry, was pretty, you know, pretty sneaky in a way. So putting all that aside, though. This is on, un- still, it's unprecedented. Even for a club that has had so many crazy steals and, and time, you know, just moves that have been awesome. This is unprecedented. It's in the salary cap era. There's, there's so many factors. The turnaround is, is crazy. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what, whether, uh, how we think they're going to finish out the season a little bit later in the show, but this really, no matter what happens, and again, you know, a low fifty-win team winning a conference is pretty low. Let let's be honest. Fifty to fifty-five conference winners is, is a low win total for any for any conference, but definitely the Eastern Conference tends to have the uh, the history of having the the weaker uh, being the weaker conference. So it, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Recently, the conference. right? Recently, recently, yeah. In, in the eighties, it recent, was. Yes.
0: Not that way, but or in, or even in the even in the nineties, it was you know you had New York, you had uh, Chicago, obviously you know there's some good teams in the East, the, the Heat, but yeah no absolutely two thousands and on that's has been, been the West case. yeah that's when the that's what the power has been.
1: But regardless, know? low fifties is not a huge resounding winner for a not conference great. winner. It's it's not, and, and we'll acknowledge that. At the same time, though the fact that they're having this conversation down the home stretch in the final weeks of the season, this is going to make the one-piece-away conversation when they go to attract free agents a very legitimate conversation, provided they don't get ousted in the first round. you know, (laughs) They could draw the heat, right, and they could all of a sudden get some weird competitive sort of bounce. It's very, very unlikely if if they finished first and and got bounced in the first round. But really, the one-piece-away conversation is right
0: there. The oh yeah. I mean and you know, you're looking I don't know about you, but I'm looking side I'm I'm following every night I'm looking at you know where what's happened with the the standings, who's doing what, where I mean after I see what's going on with Cleveland and you know kind of the, the top of the east, my next eye is going to Brooklyn. And then after that I'm going immediately to the Western Conference and I'm saying, Okay, what's going on with Utah? What's going on with the Clippers? because I'm I've got my eye on free agency right I'm going to see you know <laughs> where things stand right now and right now the clippers in Utah look like a 4-5 series in the west could be kind of interesting there first round you know, does the loser have their star player walk in free agency? That's kind of an interesting little, you know, little nugget. And then, of course, then after that, my eyes go to the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff standings. Chicago right now on the outside, Indiana hanging on in seventh. I mean, this just. There's a lot of different places. There's a lot of scoreboard watching right right now and I think it's gonna continue right through until May and we see what's gonna happen with these these star players and, and what their teams are gonna to try to do with them, regardless of what the Celtics do. And oh by the way, they've still got the number one pick or a likely top three, four pick. I mean it's an embarrassment of riches, man. It's an embarrassment. It but really I'm, is, I'm, and I'm, I'm, max I'm
1: cap space. It. Max cap space is a right. beautiful thing. So we're going to take a quick, just a a quick break here to remind you about all the good things going on at CLNS Radio. But I also wanted to say that we have to come back since you've already primed it. We have to talk about you know Doc Rivers and what is going on in La La Land, and then also. We should talk about, uh, Gordon Hayward's comments. Both topics you wanted to make sure we brought up on the show. We're going to hit that right back after this. But follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin and John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS radio network at CLNS Radio, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans is our Facebook page. Don't forget to download the CLNS Radio app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Radio. And- your app marketplace and the YouTube channel. Finally, that's Jared Weiss, our buddy. High definition, full length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. Go to youtubecom radio. And finally, my bookie. As we're wrapping up the tournament, we're down to the final four. It's time to talk to you about the boatload of money that you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. And if you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get into the action because March Madness is coming down to the wire. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join MyBookie today. You win and they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They have in-game live betting as well, so you can place a bet after tip-off. Join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit and give you a 50% bonus. That's right. If you join with $100, you're going to get an extra $50 bankroll to play with. All you have to do is use promo code CS50 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today or call 844-900-BETS. That's right, play, win, and get paid. All right, John, let's kick this off because I know the Blake Griffin, that that rumor has lingered for so long, but it's always been a trade rumor. Now it's starting to feel like it's an off-season opt-out of the player option and Celtics signing rumor or him at least testing the free agent waters what did you think of the article on on Bleacher Report? Maybe give a give a little rundown of of how you see this and how what your take is.
0: Well, you, you and I kind of talked a little bit about Ray last week, although we, we 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 started to talk about about, you know, Doc and and I think you know, it kind of comes back to Doc. Kind of the conversation we started in a way a week ago and then it's it's this is like the next step and I think a lot of people you know, I was listening to, you know, the, the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, he had, uh, our old buddy Kevin O'Connor on. And, you know, Doc basically saying, I wouldn't be surprised to see Doc walk away. And, yeah, you, know, you, you, there was a great article on Bleacher Report that Kevin Ding put together, long time, uh, Lakers and Clippers, um, beat guy and, and now works for Bleacher Report, knows the league, knows how it all works. And basically laid out the case that it's not working right now. It's not working at Clipper Land. I don't think there are many people right now that feel like the Clippers have much of a shot to do much of anything uh you know right now they're fifth um they've they've caught five and five in their last ten um they're, they're struggling and, and if they fall the six, okay, now right now they've got a, they're game and a half ahead of the, the Thunder, which, you know, they, they're not any great shakes themselves, but if they fall the six and they have to play Houston, that'd be rather interesting. First of all, because the Clippers <laughs> basically choked away their opportunity to be a real contending franchise against Houston a few years back and Also, that this is probably the end. Uh, it, it's gonna come at the hands of Mike D'Antoni and, and, and James Harden. And that things, things are not good in Clipperland. Nobody gets along. It, you know, it's, it's a caustic environment. And we know Doc does not do rebuilds. He doesn't do the, the, he doesn't hit the reset button. He'll walk away. And the the talk about him going to Orlando is out there. It's real. It's, or it's really out there. It doesn't mean that it's, it's real. We, I certainly don't know that, but we all sit around looking at Chris Paul's a free agent. Blake Griffin's a free agent. And there is a, there's a need for a front man, a man to sit in that front court next to Al Horford to grab rebounds, uh, be a low post threat. Uh, and that could be Blake Griffin, surely. Uh, and I think that you look at – it's probably more likely in my mind that the Clippers blow up than to see the, the Jazz unlikely to spend the money on Hayward. At least I would think so because Hayward has been dynamite. He scored 38 against the Pacers the other night. So what's most likely is to see Blake, I think, on the market than Hayward. But – so have really a chance at both. It's a it's a wild time, Justin.
1: Yeah. Well, let's read this quote that Hayward gave when uh, the Jazz were playing the Pacers. I'll just I'll quote him because I think what you had said is he really left the door open with this one. He said, "You know, I think every player has different situations for reasons why they leave or stay." He said. I think it's definitely cool when guys play their whole career in one city. I grew up watching the Pacers and Reggie Miller stayed there his whole career. He was a guy that everybody looked up to, so I think it's definitely cool. He's all about the coolness. But I but like I said, every situation is different. Every player has different things going on. So here's here's the closing line right here. <laughs> so you can't blame players one way or the other for staying or changing. Guess what? You don't blame them on one way or the other. You only blame them for leaving, right, Kevin Durant? So at the end of the day, you don't even say something like that unless you maybe you're leaving the door open for an exodus yourself. And it's not a foregone conclusion. It would be nice to have some options. I guess the worst thing, actually, John, that could happen is if the Celtics don't have one of these guys, like, in a primary position. They're kind of floating out to both that they could get jammed up with one player and not being able to get the other one that they covet. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, let's say they both become, they they. let's say that Griffin opts out. So they're both free agents. And then the Celtics aren't sure which one. And so Blake says, yeah, I think I'm coming. I think I'm coming. And Hayward's like, I'm coming, but you got to sign me now. And then the Celtics are kind of caught in, well, wait a second. We love Hayward, but Griffin's the difference maker for us. They get jammed up, and the next thing you know, in the time of them trying to navigate two potential max free agent signings, one of them goes back and re-signs, and then they could end up going over just because of the timing of all that. It's going to happen fast and furious. You can count on it.
0: It is, and I think that right now, if, if I'm the Celtics, you know, there's a real question to ask in terms of which guy is the better fit for you right now. You know, I mean, who, who fits what you need as a team right now better? Is it Blake? Is it Gordon Hayward? You can add Blake to your mix right now. You don't have to move any any wing players. You don't have to. You know, you know what? Fit with that what's comes there.
1: with such a risk, though, with the injury but. history, and that's the killer for me. Yeah. And 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 I'm going to use this to talk great about Jay Crowder. And now that the IT and D is sort of working again, we can have this conversation about Jay Crowder playing the four again. Look at the rebounds he's yanking right now. I mean, I mean, yeah. 25 point night, highest scoring total of the season against Miami on Sunday. Absolutely fantastic performance. But it's the rebounding. All of a sudden, this guy is corralling boards off the glass in a way he hasn't all season long. I almost wonder because of the ankle injuries. Yes, one closed out last season and then one kind of interrupted the beginning of this season. I wonder if he's almost been laying off, almost the way what we've accused Amir Johnson of doing because of the plantar fasciitis, that this year was almost like, hey, we have the depth, so let's not take any risks. Look how long they let Avery Bradley kind of deal with his injury, and I know, you know he wound up getting the flu, but that's not an issue. I wonder if a lot of this was like, let's time this right. And I know a lot of the talk is they're not playing where they need to play and they let Devin Booker score 70 even though they had a blowout win against Phoenix after letting Phoenix steal one in very unceremonious like fashion out on that west coast trip with at the way that the end of that game went down and marquise chris making plays and tyler Ewles having a game and then this time booker goes off for 70 and there's all of that but the but i guess the thing that i'm getting at is this home stretch is all about getting it right for the playoffs and i think there may have not held back but maybe i don't want to get injured going all out and in their attempt to get things right heading into the postseason, we're actually seeing the best Jay Crowder we're going to see. And that means a rebounding Jay Crowder. Maybe it's a better, safer play to go get a Gordon Hayward and know that the odds of staying healthy are better, even if Blake Griffin is probably the bigger, the, the bigger upside in that. If he's only playing sixty games, and you run the risk of not having him in the postseason, that's a lot of salary for not necessarily a lot of postseason improvement.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's assume he gets to sixty win- sixty games. You know, basically he, his his last three seasons are sixty seven games, thirty five games, and sixty games a season. So before you give him thirty million dollars a year uh you want to make sure you're going to get that guy playing a hell of a lot closer to 82 than than 67 35 and and 60 right um and that's i think that's that's the concern right with Blake um it, it also seems like Hayward is on an upward trend it seems like his game right now is kind of it's on the on the climb and i don't think you can say that about Blake's game i mean he fits right now with You know, kind of the need is, you know, you need that, that guy next to Horford. You need the guy who can, who can, you know, maybe shoot a little bit. He's now, you know, Blake is now shooting a couple threes a game on on average, which I think is good for his game. He needs to add that to his, to his arsenal. But I think right now, and it's crazy to say this a year ago, I would never have thought, I would have thought, oh, that, you know, I'd rather have Horford or have, have Hayward instead of, Blake to add to this team, but I don't think it's even close where I'm at right now. And I think you can add wow, you're not to even your close. roster. You like? Griffin, yeah, I don't think so. You're not even
1: close. You're all in on Hayward with this. I
0: I think it's really hard to find wing players who can play. You know, you're going to get a guy who's one of the top five, six, seven. You know, wings in the game right now with with Blake with uh, with Gordon Hayward and with Blake, you got a guy that you might not get. 35, 40, 50, 60 games out of. That's, that's not something I want to spend $30 million a year on. Now, is there, you know, admittedly a big part of Blake's issues last year were because he punched the trainer in the face. That can do that. That's, that can, that can hurt your uh, ability to play. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, in all seriousness, Hayward's on the ascent. You know, 38 the other night against, uh, you know Paul George in indiana uh I mean his game is is just cresting right now it's 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 on the upward and again, I go back to what well, we talked about this we go back to what uh Steve Bopette talked about you know in the days surrounding the trade deadline other g m s think that Danny's got something up his sleeve, and the only thing that makes sense and you said it and 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 I agree. The only thing that makes sense is that they feel like they got a really, really, really good shot to have a max free agent join their team this summer. And who else could that be other than Gordon Hayward?
1: Yeah, there really is no other, there's no other line that make, that could make them feel so confident. But, you know, again, (laughs) they are sitting in first place right now. They do have the cap space. They have a lot of young players. The only real issue I see with, and, and there may still be room for trade. Um, we got a lot of tweets yeah. and questions about, Hey, can they get both? And well, no, not without a trade. They can't get both, but there might be a trade to be had if they sign Hayward. That's the other, that's the other part of that. Like Blake picks up his option and they make the trade. Anyway, and then they, you know, they, they make the move with the Clippers because they know the Clippers know what's happening and now they have a chance, you know, this this time they know it's coming. Right. Even though Paul is very unlikely to leave. And Kevin Dang outlined why and the way that the the whole restructuring of the CBA is really suited to somebody to, to Chris Paul. Actually, it's almost suited specifically for Chris
0: Paul. Oh, so, it's almost like he's in the in the union or something. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> he definitely directed it nicely. At the same time, do the clippers really want to pay him? I, you know his contract will be out quite far, so yeah. i think I think we're gonna learn a lot about that situation, and there'll be a lot of time for a, a trade like that to go down if they do sign Hayward, so it's not it's not like subsequent moves and and I'm not even sure Jimmy Butler's off the table if they Definitely sign not. Hayward
0: nor but, is nor is nor is Paul george nor is right? Paul george I mean I think. So let let's let's go crazy. All right. Let let's do this, right? Let's let's get let's get let us get nuts. In the words of Michael Keaton. Let's get nuts. So we signed Gordon Showtime. Hayward. Showtime. Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, you sign Gordon Hayward. You've got some someone who either resembles Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz, you know, um, Jackson, Just Jackson. All right. So you got one of those guys. You got the kid, Zizic, Yaboselli. Do you make who? I mean, can you make a deal? Do you, do you try to just go with that and see what the roster kind of molds into? Or do you say, look, we got to go for it. We got our max guy. We got, you know, IT. I'm all in gonna you get to get the max something. guy.
1: That's an easy answer. I'm all in if you got the max guy because you get the next guy. Yeah, the next guy
0: after the max guy.
1: Absolutely. I think you have to. Um, I think so too. It's a tough one, and and I you know yeah we can have all those conversations about full. I'm a youth movement guy. Yeah. Right. I'm a youth movement guy. But the truth is, let's let's keep it in mind. That doesn't really bust the youth movement. Even if, even if you trade Jalen Brown and said pick and Avery Bradley and, you know, and Pat, even if you do all that, you still, look, Hayward is still young. You trade for Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's not an old dog. He's just got all injury history that scares me. Or if you trade for Paul George, he has one nasty injury, but he's not injury plagued. All those guys are still young. There's nobody exactly. when you're going all in. We're not trading for the 30 year old Ray Allen or 31 year old Ray Allen and the 30 year old Kevin Garnett. You're yes. still saying staying several years below, south of 30. That's what's important to me. I'm I'm all about a youth movement versus going and trading for players that you know Carmelo Anthony out wrong. Eh. <laughs> and I and I would love to watch the youth movement develop. I'm excited. I would I think I've already. Said this on the show numerous times. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, that would be a crazy mm-hmm. shooting guard, small forward, length, athleticism, and and Tatum is obviously can play within a system and be a good teammate and pass the ball. So he doesn't clog it up for Jalen the way that like I don't see Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown playing side by side. If you trade for Jimmy Butler, there's a high likelihood Jalen's got to you know he's going to go anyway. In that deal, just because the assets are going to be crowded, maybe not, but but anyway, my point is, I enjoy and would enjoy the youth movement, and there's enough talent on here to go through that. At the same time, you just got to go big. You got to stack that lineup and be ready to go. Have the Golden State-Boston Celtics rivalry for the next three years, all on. Sour sourpuss from last July 4th and Kevin Durant's decision. There's so much fuel for that fire. The Celtics are the only what? team in the NBA over the last two seasons to have two wins, one in each season against the Golden State Warriors. Dude, the rivalry could be there. It could. It, it, it's not going to – it's never going to rival Lakers-Celtics, but it's West Coast, East Coast, West Coast the Conference, East Coast Conference. And, and there's enough bad blood between the, you know, what could have been for Kevin Durant when all of a sudden he watches Boston hoist banner 18 and, you know, as a result of uh, a win over the Golden State Warriors. It'd be beautiful. It'd be a beautiful story. Oh, I mean,
0: just ridiculous. I mean. <laughs>
1: How quickly I, would the Celtics become the Patriots and everybody around the league just hates the Celtics like they're the darlings and they have this undersized point guard and they're on the rise and most of the people around the NBA love them. But I'm telling you that the minute they go and even if they're just in the Easter Conference Finals, if they're playing Golden State, they might get one year of okay. But getting that first round, getting the first pick in the draft or having the best odds for the first pick in the draft, and it, it, they're going to hate them the way that they hate the Patriots. One more championship and it's over.
0: It took, I mean, the first year of the Celtics, you know, the KG era, okay, yeah, it's great, KG won, blah, blah, blah. By the time they got to midseason the following year, the blue was off the rose you know oh kg is such a you know he's always fighting the european guys and all that crap you know it,
1: kendrick <laughs> perkins never stops whining right marcus smarts oh. the new kendrick perkins you know oh, the whole yes. thing right and he, and, oh, yeah, and despite all right. of lebron's faces kendrick perkins was no worse than lebron but boy did oh, no, boy did worse. everybody around the league hate kendrick perkins and the kendrick perkins face
0: well, I mean, yeah, legitimately, I mean, but it was legit. But but I, but LeBron is is a whole other. He's he's in another stratosphere of of whining and and complaining and moaning about everything. It's I mean when he went down, you know I mean it, it, when he goes when he gets hit in the face and he looks like oh I got you know my eyeballs poked out of my face and uh, I'm just I'm done with it. I'm done yeah, with it. Yeah. But you know look, I mean I think. You're right though. I mean, it wouldn't take long for the Celtics to be back amongst the hated. And and the fact that the Patriots also exist in that space kind of adds to the, you know, uh, we hate Boston ethos that kind of exists across the country's sports fans. Um Yeah,
1: I, I Well, I mean everybody knows there. Boston sports fans are aloof. I mean, that's, you know, that's really what it comes down to. Well, <laughs> aloof. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We still have a few things to talk about, uh, including our predictions for win totals at the beginning of the year. We'll read both of John's and my write up on Chris Forsberg's summer forecast. We're gonna talk a little bit about Kelly Olenek since we are touching base on free agency and the thirteen million and but mostly I think we're gonna be focusing on what do the Celtics need to do down the stretch to take this number one seed and how should they be preparing For the postseason and potential draws because Chris Mannix, happy for the Celtics getting the number one seed, but guess who's in the fourth slot? That's right, the Toronto Raptors, who just have the Celtics number, and if healthy in the second round, would be a formidable opponent. So we are going to get right to that in just a minute, but first, Going to talk to you about Blue Apron and their mission to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. They know when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, and they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. And the great thing is, for less than $10 a meal, they're giving you seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, so there's no shopping, to make delicious home-cooked meals. All you have to do is go onto the website and you can customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. And there's no weekly commitment, so you can pause for a week or two. Uh, Opt-in, opt-out. It's very easy to do. It takes literally less than a minute. You can select which meals you want delivered to your door. Some of the upcoming meals are cashew chicken stir-fry with tango man- tango mandarins and jasmine rice, roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad, crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad udon noodle soup with miso, And soft-boiled eggs. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. And guess what? We're also going to give you free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celtics. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Celtics. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And also Geek. As the Celtics' playoff push heats up, and it really is quite a push, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and it's fully guaranteed. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek is going to get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and To get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And, as I said, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. I think last week we said go get your Jim Gaffigan tickets. I know I use SeatGeek to buy tickets to the Hershey Bears here in Pennsylvania, which was a great game and very easy to get the tickets. And best of all, to help you get great tickets at a great value, our listeners are getting a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get your $20 rebate, just download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code CSL2017 and SeatGeek is going to send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code CSL2017 for your $20 rebate. Okay, John, so let's let's go back and let's talk a little bit. I guess I don't know where to start exactly. I definitely want to get into the summer forecast, and I have a feeling that conversation will just get on its own wheels. But the other thing is, Jared Weiss did a little bit of investigating here from CLNS Radio, went around the league and, and tried to Get with opposing teams, GMs, and personnel to see where Kelly O'Linick may start or what he might garner in free agency. So assuming – this assumes we don't get the max free agent. Let's say the conversation you and I had before the break, that big dream scenario and going all in and who can we trade to win it now – Let's hey, everything not-
0: was so good. Now let's just crap all over your dreams, listeners. Yeah, let's go let's, no, no, let's, go let's talk go
1: about what happens if everything goes well pseudo wrong. I mean, we will have a top pick of the draft. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody wants that. We'll we'll that's we'll sound. boo Markel Fultz because that's what we do in Boston. <laughs> it's
0: that it's aloof fan base. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kelly It turns
0: out like another Jalen Brown, but oh. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's right. Just boo like crazy. Uh, Kelly Olenek, the bar seems to be set around 13 million. I happen to think that that's a conservative number because free agency has a way of getting carried away with itself. Now, uh, our, our good friends, Ryan Bernardoni and, you know, some of the Twitterverse, he came back at me on Twitter and said, well, yeah, but restricted free agency doesn't have a way of running away with itself. I did put in Alan Crab as my uh, last year's example of restricted free agency going ahead and running away with itself. Big offers can go to players who end up getting a match and staying with the home club. That could happen for the Celtics here. So for you, assuming that we lose in free agency, so to speak, where's the bar for Kelly Olynyk? You know, he's going to get a longer term contract. Jared Weiss says, you know, pulling around the league sets the bar at 13 million. I could see him creeping up to 17 in a sneak attack. All it takes is one GM to fall in love with him and it's a done deal. So where do you say, nope, that's too much. I'm not going to retain him because I think, I mean, aggressive Kelly, the guy we've seen over the last week,
0: I'm loving him. Yeah. But we know aggressive Kelly is kelly right aggressive kelly
1: (laughs) in a contract year is that what you're trying because he's he's had injuries he's had his own battle with injuries that that definitely screw with his ability to hit his stride
0: yeah i mean i think i think that but it's not it, it it it's about between his ears not about you know his you know his physical limitations for sure i mean i think i think the issues that that Kelly runs into are are much more mental than than anything physical. Could I see him get 17 million? I suppose. I think one thing you have to think about, though, is the fact that there's not a lot of teams that have money this summer. It's not the, the numbers that we saw last year. Apparently, probably are gone. It's probably... People are going to look at last summer and the spending last summer is really a a big miss by the market that they over, they overshot, uh, what they had. There was too much money on the market. And now what we're seeing the, uh, the, the cap probably looking relatively flat or only modest increases over the next handful of years. It puts us in a position where GMs are going to have to be a little bit more uh, careful and, that is probably benefits Boston because it makes you know good g m s stand out and be able to be a bit wiser in how they spend their cash now i don 't know where that puts Kelly Olenek in the mix because we all know that Kelly is not you know job one for Danny James this summer he's probably <laughs> seventh eighth on the list, right I mean. I'd love to see Kelly come back. He's looked great of late. He's shown, you know, just going back in particular, that Golden State game and the way he looked and so comfortable under the basket using his size when he had an undersized guy on again, on him, using his speed when he had an oversized guy on him. I mean, just doing everything, active hands defensively, a little bit of rebounding. I mean, that that's the Kelly Olenek that we all would hope to see. But I, you know, again, we have bigger, bigger fish to fry. If it was 13 million, all things can be told, I wouldn't be disappointed, but I'd feel like the Celtics spent a lot more money and still haven't fixed the, the hole they have in their own roster of finding somebody who can rebound, block shots, and protect the rim.
1: No, they still need to address that, but I think that they're kind of hoping that Zizic is going to help out with that. And, and yeah. you, and so, I think they keep Kelly just because he's a good teammate. He does pass the ball. He works within the offense. He is able to shoot from outside. He brings some things from the big man spot that they don't have. So where's your line then? Are you paying them the 13 to stay if, if the Celtics are quote-unquote losers in free agency? Keep in mind... It's unlikely that they'll bring Amir Johnson back, but they could. If Under those circumstances, he could come back on another one-on-one, one-and-one. I don't know if Amir Johnson gets $12 but Amir's played very well the last week, and the advanced statistics seem to support that Amir Johnson's extremely valuable to this club, even though we never really see it in the stat line. We never see it in rebounds, and he does seem to have lapses, extended lapses, where... You have this visible depreciation in at least what appears to be his athleticism. I mean, the hook shots that he's shooting right now, forget the three pointers and the 20 minutes it takes him to get it up and the fact that he's shooting <laughs> a high percentage this year. You know, I, listen, I love it, but let's, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that, you know, he's a threat to shoot the three on any kind of regular basis. Having said that, The way that he's involved in the offense, like, he is flashing some athleticism and some dunks and alley oops and, uh, getting out on the break. There's some things he's been doing over the last couple of weeks that we really have not ever seen him do on a consistent basis for the club. It's not hard to imagine him coming back, but let's say you're faced, let's use this to set the line. Let's say you're faced with signing Kelly Olinick or Amir Johnson based on the team's plans. Who are you bringing back on 13? $12, $13 $12, 13000000 it It's got to be Linux, right? Even though Amir it does all those things, it is. you still have to go with the young guy.
0: It is, but you're not going to – I mean, the only way you pay him – the only, the only reason way you pay Kelly is if somebody else wants to pay him 13 Otherwise, you're paying him 5 or 6 or whatever. Right, the qualifying offer. Sure. Yeah, so I mean – Somebody's going to pay him, dude. In I'm that telling case telling you, somebody's going to pay him. I don't know. I mean, you know? again, like – you who's know? got Who's got cap space that's going to want to spend? You know, think like Kelly Olynyk is the guy who, you know, who's going to unlock their team. I mean, is is Brooklyn going to spend that money? You know, you well, know they, who you know who know. would
1: love him that signed signed another one of our players last year. And I don't know how much cap space they have, so I don't even know how legit this is. Yeah, just look at the, how much space would he create, even more space for DeRozan, just having that power forward three ball shooter threat.
0: Um, well, I don't think they they don't have any money. That's that's the problem they are. Are they
1: definitely capped out because of the they're deal that they They're capped out. Okay. I mean,
0: it, it depends on what happens with Lowry, but are you going to not pay Lowry so you can bring Cali no, in No, they got to pay Lowry. You know? I mean, That's that, a team that's a
1: team that could use Olinic though. No doubt. I think.
0: Yeah, I think they I think that would help them a lot. Cuz they're all cause clogged up
1: in the middle in my opinion, in a lot of ways. That hurts the Celtics cuz of the way they match up and yeah. the length and the length like we've always talked about with that two the two guard tandem it's detrimental to the Celtics, but,
0: but... it's Valentunas is a big big reason for that. And they're gonna have to do something there, you know, and trying to figure out where they're gonna if they move on from Valentunis so they can keep Lowry and keep Ibaka, that may help things. But yeah, I, I yeah, I don't I don't think that's a sustainable solution. But okay, so let me just real quick, let me tell you the teams that have it. So Teams that have thirteen million, okay, in cap space: Brooklyn, Boston, Dallas, Denver, Indiana, maybe, Lakers, maybe, Miami, maybe, uh, the Pellet. No, the Pelicans don't anymore. Minnesota, Knicks, Philly, Phoenix. You worried about any of those teams? Dallas, maybe. Dallas I mean, definitely. Dallas could be a team. Dirk out, Olenek
1: in. <laughs>
0: right. Well, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a one I for mean,
1: one, right? I mean, Dirk's talents are depreciating as he gets older.
0: <laughs> if, if if you could plug, you could you could see that,
1: you know. But that's probably this, the most legit threat right there, and and it probably is a legit threat.
0: I don't know. I mean. To me, Dallas should be looking to add a star, and nothing less. And and Kelly Olynyk has a lot of things, but he's he's definitely not a star in waiting. I mean, there aren't a lot of stars
1: though, unless unless guys opt out of that player option. There's this is the other thing is
0: there's you don't have to spend the money either though. I mean, but they but they will,
1: but they will. They teams always do. They
0: always do. I, I feel like this, maybe the, maybe I'm trying to give them more credit than they deserve. Maybe that's the You're problem. You're making a huge mistake. And that's what, trust me,
1: dude. I, I bet, alright, listen, we're gonna go to other predictions. We're gonna close, Kelly Olinick just got 10 minutes on his contract. So that's it. <laughs> alright? You don't wanna talk about a, a cap? He's getting capped right now on this show. But, I'm gonna say he walks out fifteen million dollars richer this summer, and and everybody's like, "What? How did that happen?" I don't think they're done spending. The money is there. I know everybody's worried about future projections, and I know that there are smart GMs out there. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and call my shot. I bet Kelly O'Linick gets fifteen and it probably doesn't matter because the Celtics sign a max free agent and and can't do anything with him anyway, which may be the reason his number goes up. Teams knowing that the Celtics just signed a Hayward and they're not going to be able to match makes him essentially an unrestricted free agent, and that's where some of the impetus comes, and maybe they even get a bidding war going. Mm. Okay, so that's my prediction. Well, Enough. Well, go ahead. You can counter, but but then Kelly's Kelly's okay. going well, to bed. How for about night. this?
0: I think that he won't even make it to free agency. I, I I mean, I don't think he won't end up being a restricted free agent because the Celtics. I think he'll end up sign. He'll end up being gone as a part of a trade. Uh, he'll sign his QO and he'll be traded with Bradley for the Celtics to get a big man to play next to Horford and Gordon Hayward how do you like uh, that there you go all right dreaming big dreaming big speaking <laughs> of dreaming big
1: one of us dreams super big at the beginning of the season and the other one just might have nailed it I'm gonna read from ESPN Chris Forsberg's summer forecast we went back and did this I believe it was I think it was August I'm pretty sure it was August it wasn't quite September we started to look it might have been late August but either way John Duke, Celtics Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, prediction for the 2016-2017 season. Keep in mind, the Celtics have eight games left on the schedule. John, you predicted a final record of 53-29. and 29. So they only have to win five of their last eight for you to nail your prediction. This actually, at some point at the beginning of the season, Seemed like it might have been an aggressive prediction. But we'll read your write-up. After three straight years of calling for a major trade in this space, I'm finally calling uncle. Thankfully, the first significant free agent signing in team history in the form of Horford will add a cornerstone piece to a team with tremendous flexibility to improve while also possessing a team talented enough to reach the conference finals. A tougher Eastern Conference will prove to be a challenge but the true gains for this team will come in the postseason. 53 wins, looking pretty good. I would say that, that is by far, if they don't get 53 wins, I'll be disappointed. If they can't rattle off five of eight with this easy yeah. schedule to finish, like they had that same stutter start to, to, that they did the last season, but there's no, 53 wins, anything less than that would be well, we'll be, we'll be calling for somebody's head down the stretch. We'll be upset. And, and this team, if they do that, if they do anything less than 53 wins, bodes ominous for the postseason, because that means things are starting, that, that things are not headed in the right direction and in Brad's favor. The only other reason 53 or 52 wins would be acceptable is if LeBron seriously is out for the rest of the year after this weird bump to his spine and Cleveland just falls apart and the Celtics just keep a nice little edge over Washington and Toronto enough that they can rest starters the last two games and they take a couple of L's in, in a meaningless schedule. That is very unlikely to happen. Seeding is probably going to come down to the last few games of the year, just like when they had the what four-way tie last year. So it's, it, it, it's gonna, every game is gonna count. So I don't think that's gonna happen, which then brings me to my prediction. 55 and 27. I was on the high end of the spectrum with 55 win prediction. However, with 48 wins and 8 games, if they take that Cleveland game, this is still a bit of a stretch, but if they take that Cleveland game and they have won 4 straight now, they're gonna have to win in 7 of their last 8 to get to 55. It's doable,
0: it's mm-hmm. doable.
1: Totally, weak yep. schedule, and they're probably gonna, they're catching Cleveland at their worst on the second night of a back to back in Boston. That's probably the toughest game remaining on the schedule. They seem to have the Pacers number, and I think they have one more against Indiana, don't they? I'll have to go back and look.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think one they do more. Have,
1: I think that's the other what I would consider to be tough opponent. On the schedule, I know they got Milwaukee and some others. I'll look it up while, while I read mm-hmm. this. But the team started, this is my write up. The team started last season seven and seven while Stevens sorted out the front court rotation and Isaiah Thomas began to realize his all-star potential. The Celtics lost two head slappers to the Lakers and Nets to bookend the new year and struggled with injuries down the stretch following the all-star break. That's good for at least four more yeah. wins. Yeah. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. And I said that's good for at least four more wins with what should be a more established lineup to begin the year. Which was true, but it didn't but they wound injuries. up having all those injuries yeah. which shook yeah. it up. So that's where the stutter start, stutter step was. But you know, I give them the I give them four wins and uh and then with what should be a more established lineup to begin the year. And then I said Horford gets them three more wins and integrates seamlessly. That's not so true. But of <laughs> course, this assumes a reasonably healthy year for the core rotation. So the 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 little tagline at the end, the little asterisk, totally nails how they started the season. But I think Horford's easily been good for three more wins. And the, uh, the stutter step to start the season is still there, but they matched their, their win total on Sunday. They matched last season's win total with eight games to go. That's an improvement. And 55 wins is not out of the equation. And if you had asked me that at the end of December, I probably would have said, I way overbid.
0: Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that, I think we did pretty well overall. I do too. Um, you know, I, I think that, though the one thing that i would say about about our the 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 regular season predictions is that you know and, and that's the thing about spending a lot of time thinking about where the Celtics finish with the record i even even at the start of the year i felt this way and i'm glad it somewhat <laughs> corresponds with what i'm saying tonight which is i feel like that it doesn't matter you know what i mean they're going to be a top 4 seed regardless of what happens you know, 54, 53, 55, 51. I mean, anywhere, if, if they finish anywhere in that range, you know, they're going to be a top four seed in the East. They're going to have home court advantage of the first round, and they're going to be within shouting distance of beating Toronto or Washington at the very least. And who knows what happens with Cleveland? They're playing like such hot garbage. It doesn't you know, matter what they do. I just, to me, that's where it's about. I mean, I'm just, I was so excited. I just knocked the headset off my face. Uh, it, was, it was, I mean, by the way, since you knocked this the headset video off now. your face, I yeah. also made a major
1: gaffe. It's not Pacers, it's the Hawks. So they one more, okay. one game against the Hawks, which could be feisty, uh, and and the Hawks obviously will be fighting to stay above 500 and and uh, for playoff positioning as well, but. Other than them, I mean, the Hornets, like, this schedule is weak. It's it's not out of the question to see them take seven out of these final eight. And beating Cleveland is by far a legit possibility, as is retaining the number one seat. So home court advantage throughout the postseason would be an absolute dream. If there's a way for... Easter Conference. To Easter run- Conference. Yeah, throughout the Easter Conference. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right, you're right. The finals would be a mess. If, if there was a way for Toronto, and it's not out of the question because I believe they're, they've matched Washington in wins, but Toronto has one more loss. If there is a way for Toronto to leapfrog Washington and grab that number three spot at the same time Boston's leapfrogging Cleveland, that would be my wet dream for the finish to this season. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's been a while since I crossed the line on this show. Wow. You know, we don't do f bombs, but okay. every once in a while, we use a colorful imagination to just throw a little curveball at our listening audience towards the end of the show.
0: It, 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 the yes, yes. You really think it makes that much of a difference who they play?
1: I do. I, that's why I think it's really why? important that they get uh because, as much as that Washington. Matchup is feisty, I think the Celtics can own Washington. I think they have it. That Toronto one is... That's the... Even Cleveland, I'll be honest with you, I even feel better about a series against Cleveland. Obviously, it's impacted by, you know, the the health of that team and the state of that team right now. And granted, they'll go into the postseason and they'll light the world on fire. But they are in a little bit of a shambles. The later they go in the postseason the more likely they are to come correct against the Celtics and give them a whooping. But I love the idea of the Celtics having home court advantage against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it could be a very exciting, exciting series. It definitely puts them in the best chance to win. But I hate the Toronto matchup. You know this. And the last two years we keep talking is this this matchup, this game, this is the one that really matters. This is the real test. Can they leapfrog Toronto? And while they've leapfrogged Toronto and Boston, they didn't leapfrog Toronto by anything that they really did. Injuries caused that leapfrog. And really kind of the same thing is true for Cleveland, but they've had a they've had the ability to beat Cleveland even when Cleveland's full strength. So I'm a bigger believer in that. The Toronto, for it's the it's, it's DeRozan, it's everything that the Celtics struggle against is present on that Toronto team, and they just kill the Seas with the love to be able to avoid facing Toronto unless it winds up having to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the odds of that are really low unless LeBron literally has had some season and postseason ending injury tonight.
0: Well, let me let me. I, I I agree with what you're saying there. I I think that – I think Toronto is the is is the tougher matchup of of the Washington Boston I mean, is it tougher of the two for the Celtics to match up with, and particularly with Lowry's return. Who knows what's going to happen if that it could push them to another level um, with Ibaka with PJ Tucker. Uh, that could be a really Dangerous situation. I would probably not want to have the the unknown of what happens with Kyle Lowry. The other thing I'd say is that Washington looks tired. I think they have to. They pushed so so hard. They did.
1: I agree. Yeah, that's a really good observation.
0: They put so much on that starting five, and so much on Beal and on Wall that I think there's not a whole lot left in the tank. This is a place where the Celtics injuries, I think come to benefit the team because they haven't had to play, you know, all these games all season long, grinding out 38 minutes a night, you know, to get all these wins to get you to third or fourth in the East, you know? Yeah. That
1: depth is a luxury for the team. That depth is totally. strength definitely came into play and, Somebody like Avery Bradley could almost be considered to have beginning of the season legs because of that time off.
0: Yeah. And for somebody who plays the way he does, that, that's huge, right? And I think that, I think, yeah, I, I would love to see the matchups go the Celtics way. On the other hand, if the Celtics are who they think they are, they should be able to beat whoever. Okay. First of all, they got to get through the first round, right? That's, you know, we we all acknowledge. And there's some scary matchups
1: lingering down there. That heat one, like I said earlier, could be a little scary. A lot of teams knocking on the door, though, would almost love to see them take on Chicago. That would be, it would be awesome to see Chicago sneak up there because then you know they don't get a lottery pick, which is, you know, they can't, they couldn't win the lottery, which makes the number one pick all that much more valuable in trade, right? And, would just be fun to see him beat on the bulls in the first round. Miami's a sketchy one. Indiana, like you said, would be a fairly favorable matchup. Um, Toronto and Atlanta, other than, you know, obviously Cleveland, but at first, first round, it's not, man, that's such a tight race. That collective group at the bottom for the final four seeds is, is it's like such a, who knows what's going to happen in the next two weeks.
0: I don't want to play Atlanta just because I have flashbacks from last spring. You know, (laughs) I think they beat Atlanta, but I just, I don't want to, I just don't want to see them. I don't want to see Atlanta. I think they beat Indiana. I think they beat Milwaukee. They beat Chicago. I think they, I think Indiana is the easiest out of all of those just for the way the Celtics play. But Atlanta's three and seven in their last ten. Milwaukee's trending upward. I wouldn't mind seeing Milwaukee give a charge into the the Raptors or or the, or the Wizards uh, in that first round series. But it, I'd like to see basically I'd like the Celtics to not have to face uh, Milwaukee or Miami. That would be the, that would be my, my ideal goal. Would be to see see those guys kind of on a different. Path and then, and then we're kind of on to something, you know, we're, we're playing the dregs of the league. That's the benefit of being eighth is that we're playing the real crappy teams, right? We're playing the Detroits and the Indiana's and the Chicago's. That's what I want to see out of this, you know, and then second round to me, this all looks they're not playing with great, you know, they're not playing with house money at that point, but it also seems to me that. Okay, they're in the conversation, and and they should be able to to push to the second round. They should be able to beat Toronto. They should be able to beat Washington. That's my. I, that's how I feel at least. Um, I just, you know, what would be nice about a Washington
1: matchup too, though. You know, is no time change. I know there's not yes. in, in a lot of them, but the no yeah. time change would be nice. Even though I know they get plenty of time off between games and the, the travel schedule is not really as as rigorous as it is in the 82 game regular season schedule. But I love no time change. I love that little bump commuter flight. I mean that that's an hour and a half at most. And I, DC. I yeah, DC. And I I just think. I think travel wise, schedule wise, like I'm not even sure that they would have to go on the road as a team. I think I think you almost just travel the you know the night before, you know, like that's just such an easy travel schedule. Yeah, it's such an easy get in, get out. They have a lot of flexibility. Um, Some people on the staff, if they need to. To stay back in the front office and then go down for the game. There's just there's a ton of flexibility in that second round matchup. There's there's no time change. It's a quick flight to get even even if they are on the road and and even if they do travel on the road when they come back from that game, they're home fast and in bed, you know, and mm-hmm. they get some rest. So, I I think that they're learning how to take the postseason like pros. The same way that they're you know I, I think there was a great article I can't remember. I think it was Scott Souza just talking about how the team is approaching the end of this season much differently than in years past and looking at the postseason much differently than in years past. And I I I think they're going to do the right things. I don't think this is party time. Excellent. You know, it's not Bill and Ted's (laughs) event. You know, this isn't Bill and Ted for them this year. You know, they kind (laughs) of – Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> we gotta wrap the show, Bogans. but John, any, any final thoughts on the CD? We got, we got two weeks left. Sorry. I'll be Bill. I'll be Esquire. You can,
0: you can be, Ted, uh, Ted you Logan. can be the,
1: you can be the Matrix.
0: Yeah. Wild Stallions. Wild Stallions. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Kids, look it up. That right there um, is showing our age. Right. There's
1: there's <laughs> this is definitely one of those less than one percent scenarios that people know That's what right. referen what we're referencing. But if you're a George yeah. Carlin fan, you found
0: that movie. That's right. Rufus. Rufus. <laughs> Socrates Johnson knows what it's all about too. All right. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Right, So Greats Johnson is what call called. Oh man, good times! I love that movie. Not the sequel, but the first one. That's a classic. Oh yeah, you just you can't even acknowledge the sequel in movies like no. that. No. All right, let's no. wrap. It let,
1: let, let, let's wrap it up. We're 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 at the mark. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. But any any quick final thoughts, John?
0: Look, Celtics have three games against crappy teams this week. I don't even think – at this point, it doesn't matter. They should go 3-0, right? we got to get you to 55 wins. That's that's my goal. That's what I'm talking get about. Us, get us to 55 wins, 3-0 and on the week, right? We're all agreed on that. Beat the Bucks, beat the Magic, beat the Knicks. You know what? Get ready for next week to no. play in the Cavs. 12-game winning streak. Whoa. Finish out the season. Just Cavs get all too. eight.
1: Just go get all eight. Super seed. Go to fifty-six wins. Hey, you know what? You want to Drop legitimize being the number one seed? Finish the season strong. Twelve-game winning streak, fifty-six yep. wins. That right there tells everybody to STFU, and Whoa. you go out there and 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 you go in making some noise into the postseason. You just I, went there. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> we 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 we've had we we've, we've had borderline color, colorful commentary tonight
0: the, in borderline yes yes we are skating the edges of the border <laughs> tonight <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, that's going to do it for this week. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as on com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Big thank you to everybody for tuning in. You can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. We value your feedback. And a reminder, today's show brought to you by some of our favorites, SeatGeek, Blue Apron, and MyBookie. They've got a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Radio Network. A big thanks to the loyal audience for making it all worthwhile and for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
0: Celtic stuff lies.